for my kids, they are always going to be ready to learn and to see everyone as someone you can learn from, even someone you don't like, even some you don't dis even some of you may disagree with. What can you learn from about that person? So that's key. Welcome to the Art of Fatherhood, a podcast that takes you on the journey of fatherhood. Now here's your host, Art Eddy. This week's The Art of Fatherhood podcast is being brought to you by Tony's. As we approach the holiday season and you're looking for that great gift for your kids or grandkids, make sure you check out Tony's. Did you know that using Tony's can boost development in your child? A recent independent study has shown that when Tony's becomes a regular part of our kids' lives, their attention, reading comprehension, and vocabulary all improve. 100 children ages 2 to 5 used a Tony box for 12 weeks, and parents were instructed to incorporate it into their child's daily routine. 60% of the children improved comprehension scores and reading comprehension increased by an average of 13 percent 66 percent of the children improved their vocabulary level and their vocabulary scores increased by an average of 13 percent 53 percent of children improved their attention rating and reading attention has increased by an average of six percent so if you're looking for the great gift that your kids will love that's fun and entertaining but as parents and grandparents you can feel happy that this gift is educational as well Make sure you check out Tony's. Go to their website at us.tonys.com. That's us.tonys.com. What's going on, everybody? Artie here for another edition of the Art of Fatherhood podcast. I'm very happy to have this gentleman on, Ryan Harris. Thanks for taking the time to chat with me, sir. How you doing? Doing good, Art. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Looking forward to chatting with you about football. Uh, winning a Super Bowl with the Broncos. And I love the fact that you are in so many different things that you do outside of football after you retire. We're going to be talking about a whole bunch of things, but people follow you on social media. They know you love being a dad, man. So I love bringing good guys like yourself to talk about their fatherhood journey. Take me back when you found out you were going to be a dad. What was going through your mind, man? You know, I just always wanted to be a dad. Um, you know, people would ask me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I say a dad, and that's because of my father, Kevin Harris. And um, I just, you know, he's my best friend to this day. And growing up, he just taught me so many things I was capable of. So when becoming a father, you know, I think one of the first things I felt was just total shock, right? Like, there's no licensing course to be a parent, right? You don't have to pass a test to be a parent. Like, you don't have to prove proficiency in anything like we have we have such a low bar of entry for anything as an adult and so it was you know how do I not only nurture uh, my son I have three kids eight nine it's nine eight and four boy girl boy so for my son it was you know how do I how do I show him love caring and nurturing and also my biggest thing is like hey I want my kids to fail so what's my plan to encourage them through failure and that was the biggest thing I was thinking of, you know, is how do I be present as a father, you know, skin to skin contact, things like that. But also like when they fail or make a mistake, I don't want to rush in and fix everything for them. So I started to build a process of, of what I call fail to win uh, for my kids. Nice, man. I, I love that. And I just want to go back to something you said. It's the first time someone said this. It's like, especially with a couple of degrees you earned at Notre Dame, I can now kind of see this, but you're like a licensing, like you're not getting, a, you know, get through some licensing. Like if you're like a financial planner or, you know, whatever the case may be, that yeah. is so cool. Anything, is so right, literally man. anything else, right? Like anything you want to do in life, you have to show a proficiency except for being a parent. I love it. Uh, I, you know, I did mention the two degrees at Notre Dame. So obviously learning, uh, passion for learning, passion for hard work to not only get to the NFL, win a Super Bowl uh, with, with the Denver Broncos, but then also to outside of football, 
you know, you're um, on radio or on TV broadcasting, so many different things. Uh, you've written a book, uh, you, you go around speaking to people. So you don't have any like wasted time, it seems like. So education, working hard, what are some of the things you're looking to instill into your kids as they're growing up? Well, the first thing is knowledge is dependent. Uh, your success is, is dependent on your knowledge. And especially for my kids, and, and I talk to this to youth I speak to at different times, your success depends on knowledge you don't know yet. And, and I think that's so important to get across because I was one of those people who thought, man, I know, know everything. I'm a gift to this game. I know what I'm going to do, how it's going to go. And truly, you only get to the highest levels by learning something from another teammate or from a teacher. So for my kids, they are always going to be ready to learn and to see everyone as someone you can learn from, even someone you don't like, even someone you, don't dis even someone you may disagree with. What can you learn from about that person? So that's key. And two is the work is the difference. You know, my son's in this age at nine. He can start to do more things. So he did a little baseball camp, a little football and this. And he's like, well, dad, you know, every week, can I be the best chess player? Can I be the best baseball player? And I said, whatever you work towards. And that's the biggest thing for my kids. Like we don't give allowances. You can work for money because guess what? That's what you have to do. So always learning always working and truly and my big thing is i mean art so many people say they want to do something even in the nfl right there's 1600 players who say they want to win the championship this year 53 of those will be champions and most people do not want to put in the work most people want to put in half the work most people want the attention most people want the credit most people want to be perceived as doing something but the work is the difference the willingness to work harder than anyone else is what's going to make you successful in life. Those are the two big things for my kids. Love it. And, and one, I mean, you are just dropping a lot of parenting bombs, a lot of parenting knowledge. And just one of the things that I, I really appreciate what you just said recently was the idea of like, how can you be successful in something you, you're not educated in? And like, to me, I'm like, that's a great way of like, if your kids are struggling with a subject in school or a sport or some type of like, you know, for an instrument or singing or whatever that they are looking to get into, that is so right. Like you will how can you be successful if you don't know this and you're going to, you're starting to learn this. So that is fantastic. I really appreciate that. I'm going to steal that and use that with my kids. So thank Take you. Thank you, man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> as, soon, as soon as you said that, I'm like, I got some great things to discuss at my, uh, at the dinner table with my family tonight. So thank you. <laughs> I appreciate. <laughs> Let's kind of flip the script, right? So you, we were talking about the things that you were looking to instill. What is something that your kids have taught you either about yourself or about life that maybe you didn't know was there until uh, you became a dad? Patience, number one. I mean, <laughs> just patience. You know, I can think about um, just when they're little, just how much you have to do to leave the house, right? Diapers, diaper bag. Am I am I wearing a backpack? Do I have a sling on? Did I remember to put the right things in the bag? You know, I mean, there's just so much like so patience, process. And uh, my mother it has her doctorate in education. And I, I call her the Zen master. I said, Mom, what is what is parenting? And she goes, so the kids are teaching you. So my kids have taught me patience, but also fun, you know, and art. One of the things, whether we're winning the Super Bowl in the NFL or, you know, putting together an award-winning broadcast, you got to have fun. And my kids remind me of that, you know, whether it's stepping on a Lego and you're screaming because it, you know, hit between the knuckles of the toes and your heel, you're just, you know, you're upset. And you'd love you. I love that my kids' toys are out so that I'm stepping on them, you know. Um, 
So just to enjoy things. So kids taught me patience. They taught me to have fun and really force that every day. And then also find ways to be connected. You know, I travel a lot for broadcasting and I asked some of the dads who broadcast what they do. Uh, one of them brings a book with them and reads it on the plane and records himself reading it and then sends it to his kids at night. I, what I end up doing is I leave little notes for my kids on their pillows. So they go to school and I end up packing up to leave for a broadcast and I uh, leave them little notes, just tell them how much I love them, telling, telling them what particularly I enjoyed that week that we hung out together. And, um, and I always leave them. My daughter loves math. I leave her a little math problem. My son loves history. I, I leave him a little history question. And I tell my youngest to always hug his mother. So those are the things that my kids have taught me to do. That is fantastic. I really love that, Ryan. And the fact, I mean, talk about being a dedicated dad right there. I love the fact that you leave those notes. You leave whether it's a math problem, history problem, or like hug your mother. That That is great. So I think another thing you said too is, you know, make sure like you when you you, you became a dad, they taught you like you got to be prepared, right? So you got to have the diaper bag filled and all that. So that could be, a you know, a parenting hack. My last question before we get into uh, football and all that good stuff parenting hack or piece of dad advice you'd offer to new dads or just dads in general that are listening to this. Take care of the mother. I mean, that was the uh, shout out to John Benton offensive line coach, the Houston Texans. When I had my first son, um, you know, I, I text him like, Hey, I had a son. He goes, congratulations, take care of the mother. And I was like, of course, like, Whoa, you know, like she's done the most work and you got this new baby and it's easy to think like, Oh, here's my pictures. I'm going to send it. Everybody, here's I'm going to say, wait, here's the little footprints. Take care of the mother. And that goes far beyond the birth of the child. Your, your, your significant other is going to be going through a lot of things, like understand what postpartum is and how movement's a big piece of that, even walking together, you know, being kind and showing kindness. One of the things I do for my wife on my children's birthdays, I get her flowers because it's her birthday too. Um, so my one piece of advice and a hack is to take care of the mother. Make sure mama's taken care of and uh, and things will run smoothly. Well done. That great. Again, you like I say, you're dropping knowledge uh, on all of the on all these different topics and subjects. I love that. Did you just quickly, though, just because you mentioned, you know, the Houston Texans coach. Do you guys talk about fatherhood a lot? I mean, I know you're there to do a job. You're there to like, you know, <laughs> the game plan stuff. But did you guys talk about fatherhood in the locker room? You know, it's a great question, Art, because. There's this kind of unspoken word in the NFL. And you got to remember, too, like the NFL, this is alpha dogs, competition, like someone's going to, you know, knock over your hat or something to try and, you know, set you off. So what I found in the NFL is you, you, you don't get talked about, you don't get recognized as a father until you are a father in the NFL. And then, like, once I came back and I had my son and my teammates knew I was gone for my son's birth, I had like 15 teammates who I knew who we had the deepest and best conversations with from then on. Like then I had a brotherhood of fathers throughout um, my NFL, the rest of my NFL career. So uh, it's funny how that works it's in the NFL. No one talks to you as a dad until you are a dad. But once they do like dating your wife every week is something that I got from a teammate. He was like, Hey, congrats on the son. Make sure you date your wife every week. I was like, well, we can't even leave the house for a week. So I don't know how this is going to work. But just that idea of, you know, multiple teammates told me, like, date your wife, date your wife, date your wife. It gets too easy to fall back on the kids. Uh, one of my teammates, you know, I, I was there. Uh, and it's funny, as, as as a father then, year one Super Bowl 50, one of my teammates had a baby. 
And we were all kind of talking like, oh, he's about to have his kid. Like, we should do something for him when he gets back. And a couple of days after he got back, he had his head down and his hands in his locker. And I knew what he was thinking. He was thinking, how am I going to do this? I haven't slept. My wife hasn't slept. Like, I be- I only got here from rote memorization of how to get to the facility. I have no <laughs> idea what we're doing today. And I told him, I said, hey, man, I tapped him on the shoulder. I said, don't worry. It gets easier. And his eyes just like looked up with hope and started welling with tears. I'm like, don't worry, man. It gets easier. It gets easier. So there's all these big moments um, in the NFL with fathers. And you don't get there until you are one because, you know, sharing who you are as a father, that's a risk in an NFL locker room, right? Um, But you do find your teammates now have stronger bonds than you ever knew. That's pretty cool. Another great advice, too, is date your wife, too. Yeah, that's love that. Um, Speaking of football, before we got into the NFL, you were at Notre Dame, uh, and that's a school that obviously uh, has a historic football tradition and history, and it's on TV, it's on, you know, NBC and all that. So people know of that, of the, of Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, what it means to play there. But when you get to the NFL, competition's a lot more tougher, right? So what was for you maybe the biggest transition from playing at Notre Dame to the NFL? Making mistakes. You know, I mean, in, in college, after my freshman year, I probably made two mistakes the next three years. <laughs> and in the NFL, I'd make three mistakes on one play, you know, and I just you got to give, give yourself grace to learn something new. Um, and, and that's the number one thing that gets rookies in the NFL is failure. Right. Hey, I was the man in college. I come here. I'm not even on the third string. Like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know the language. Everything's happening so fast. Um, so I, I really had to learn how to make mistakes again and not feel they're so fatal, right? I was just like, oh, my God, I missed that block. I'm getting cut today. It's like, well, no, you're a third-round pick, and everyone anticipates rookies to have some growth time. So um, number one is to is that failure is a part of success. You're going to fail on the way to success. That was a tough lesson for me to learn. And then also financially to say no. Like, you are not responsible for other people's mistakes. And I became a millionaire at 22, and I lost my first million at 22. It was a big year, and a lot happened. And um, not everyone is worth your time, and it's not my responsibility to pay for other people's mistakes. And I learned that the hard way. And I definitely learned to make people pay for their tickets if they want to come to a game. It's amazing how, how, how few friends want to come visit Art once you make them pay for their tickets. No doubt. It is a, such a – like, as a big – like, my family from Buffalo, so obviously huge, you know, football fan family. Like, that city is huge for, you know, passion for football and also hockey. But, like, I – when any time I would see, like, the 30 for 30 broke and all that, and you just – you your heart goes out. Like, Bernie Kozar always, like, sticks in my head, right? And for you to be honest about, you know, you made your first million, then you lost your first million, right, at 20, 22, 23. But, like, so many people come out of the woodwork, and and you always wonder when people, like – win the lottery and all of a sudden like half the stories of the people winning it either like it goes really bad because it's like you didn't know what to do with this money when when all of it came so yeah i really appreciate that honestly yeah you're right it is funny how like hey do you remember me from so and so yeah i mean we i had you know the year before the, uh, so i got drafted by the broncos went to houston for two kansas city for one came back to denver and finished in pittsburgh and like between Houston or between Kansas City and coming back to Denver to win the Super Bowl, like my trainers, my two trainers, three trainers, shout out to Lauren Landau, Wade Brinkman and Ted, uh, Ted, Ted Johnson, um, my wife, 
and probably about four of my friends. So we're talking about eight people, right? Eight people talked to me for seven months stretch. We won the AFC championship. I had 200 calls for ticket requests. And one person I hadn't talked to in three years said, hey, Ryan, can you come by my kindergartner's class, get them excited for the Super Bowl, and can we get four tickets? So it's just this moment of like, man, you you have not been along for the journey. You 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 did not help me you know, raise the bread and cook it. Like you are not getting any of these cookies. You're not getting any of this bread. And you have to be offensive about that, especially as a parent. And what I started doing, Art, is I started telling people, like, look, you're taking from my kids' inheritance. Yeah. And once I started putting it that way, like, what's your business plan without an actual business plan? And you won't even take it to a bank, but you want to take my kids' inheritance? Wow, man, that's a big bridge. How are you building that? You know, so it just is it's good to know what you're responsible for, who you're responsible for, and what doesn't matter. That's the most important thing to your success. What doesn't matter? Yeah, nice. Thank you again for sharing that and being very honest and open about all the different facets of playing the NFL. You know, you mentioned failure to get to success. Success, man, comes with you guys, you and the Broncos, your teammates, won Super Bowl 50. Talk about the emotions of winning that championship. And also, too, like, when did you – I mean, there's a team camaraderie. You kind of start feeling like, okay, we have a chance to do this. And everybody in the beginning of the season obviously has has hopes and aspirations of the Super Bowl. But for you personally, when did you feel like, all right, this – and you probably are not going to voice it to your teammates just yet, but what, at what point of the season are you like, hey, there's a chance we can go all the way? Uh, early. I'm talking about training camp. And oh, wow. okay. we had a lot of veterans. Now, I remember Super Bowl 50, Broncos – the lost Super Bowl 48. So there are about 20 players that remembered what it was like to go all the way and to lose. Uh, I, I wasn't a part of that team, but on the Super Bowl 50 season, you know, Shannon Sharp came and spoke to us and he said, you know, he had a great message that was basically, if you're not here to win a championship, get the bleep out. And that was it. And how my teammates showed up every day, the wildest cats you can imagine, they're in there at 7 a.m., either for the lift or to, you know, to start their day. You know, the willingness of a team to, hey, I'm going to do this in a play, even though it doesn't help me, but it's going to help Art. Like, this is my job on this play is to do everything I can so that Art can eat on this play. And there was no arguing about it. So just a tremendous willingness to work, willingness to learn, and a willingness by the coaching staff to be taught from us players on the field what's best and and I credit Gary Kubiak and that entire coaching staff because we had some very pointed conversations about hey pull your head out of your ass hey do this hey this is an effort thing like hey you're not being accountable to your teammates here hey I don't want to have to handle this conversation you guys need to handle it and that's what built it so we believed early on but I'll tell you Art once that confetti starts dripping you go through a wormhole, man, like time and space has collapsed. Everything you believed about yourself comes true for other people. And you know that every sacrifice you made was worth it. And you know it's something that someone can never take away from you. Love it. Yeah, one of the best things of watching the Super Bowl is just seeing a team, whether you're rooting for them or not, just to see like how happy and like you can tell the tears are real. And, and they're just everything, like you said, from the training camp and everything, you know, high school playing days, college playing days, everything that you guys fought, your family sacrifice, all of those things. It just comes, like you said, like a wormhole. It comes to a point where like you're feeling all these emotions. So thank you again for sharing that. What is one thing you miss about your playing days? Free breakfast after a workout. I mean, <laughs> dog, art, bro. I mean, you get in there at 645, 
you get a little 30 minute lift, you know, you get the pump on, you get your sweats back on, you walk in and whatever you want to order for breakfast. And mine was two, two pancakes, four slices of beef bacon, some over medium, three over medium eggs. Come on, man. That's now anything past that you can keep it, right? You can keep it. Cause I know what it takes, bro. I know what it takes. And I've been there and I've done that. There's a lot of people out there lying to people right now. And there's few people willing to do it, but man, to get a free workout, free sweats, and a free breakfast, woo! That's sign awesome. me up. <laughs> nice. So not only being, you know, um, playing the NFL Super Bowl champ, live after football author, speaker, TV commentator, a radio as well. So, like I said, you don't you don't look to waste time at all, which I love. And you're a good family man, taking care of you know your family at home. But talk a little bit about like how you wanted to get into those different careers after football. Did you know about one and did some of them kind of like spin off the other ones or what was your kind of game plan once you started to retire? Well, randomly, Gary Kubiak would always kind of give us these little snippets of life advice. Like he'd literally come in he'd say, okay, today we got uh, the Chargers. Guys, order your lady some flowers. You don't need a reason. Just order her some flowers. If you need help, talk to so-and-so. He'll help you do it. And then he'd go into, here's how we're going to beat the Chargers. And one day he said, guys, I just want you to know uh, the guys who are successful after football, the guys who get into something right away. And all of us that play, many of us that play are aware of the fact that 78% of NFL players are bankrupt and either chemically dependent or divorced or all three just two years after they're done playing. So my coach said, get into something right away. I knew I loved broadcasting. I knew because of the places I've been and the obstacles I've overcome, the nine different surgeries in 10 years that I had a message to give through broadcasting and speaking. And I love the impact I made speaking, right? Like Google brought me in to speak about financial literacy. You know, right away, our conversation is different, right? I'm not some banker from wall street. Lululemon had me come in a couple of different times to speak bank of, um, excuse me, Royal bank of Canada, many others. And I get to give people the realistic the, the, the universal truths that connect us all, right? We all want an HOV. Art, you want, if you could press a button to be the number one podcast and to affect fatherhood in the best way, in the biggest way in history, like you would press that button. And since it doesn't exist, how are we going to get there anyways? And I love to talk about mindset uh, and I love to show people in broadcasts how mindset works for a player. Just did a preseason for the Broncos with Steve Levy and on final cuts, they said, look, there's some guys, they're not going to wear a jersey again until they're playing softball, right? I mean, this is the end for some of them. For others, this is the beginning. And for the players who know they're starting, this is the last free time they have in their mind because as soon as that clock strikes zero, they know everything's preparing for week one, which is actually the year beginning of their quote-unquote championship or playoff hopes. So I love bringing that human aspect, and I love really relating to people beyond our differences as to what we commonly need to succeed. Nice. Um, so you mentioned like broadcasting, right? And everybody's that, uh, you know, the um, the Monday morning quarterback being like, oh, I sh-, you know, if I, I could have probably throw that ball better and not, you know, throw an interception. <laughs> just just those same people will talk about like, oh, look at the commentator. Like, oh, why are they saying this or that? Like, I could do a better job. You can't. Talk about the preparation that you go into for each game when you prepare for that. Because it's, it's legit, man. <laughs> well, there's a third caveat, too, which is all those people criticizing hate to be criticized at work in front of five people, right? So let's be clear. Like, the people talking the most are the ones who shut down when they get yelled at in a meeting. So know that, right? Start with the, the uh, you know, Teddy Roosevelt's man in the arena more of your favorite athletes than you know have that memorized by heart 
Um, but for me, the process to begin a game, it starts really, I love starting the night of the past game. So Saturday night, for example, I'm flying home from the Notre Dame game. I'm looking at all the other scores in college. I'm reading about the NFL games that I'm going to have. I'm reading about those teams this Sunday. I'll start, I'll be watching games, but also picking out little notes about players that I notice because maybe I don't have a team in week three, but I'll have them in week 13. And I can pull this note and say, hey, Art was, Art just had a baby in week one and amazing. It took him a little bit of time. And now, you know, he's performing at his best. We all know as fathers, life's a little different those first few months. And now he's hitting his stride. So I try and uh, watch as much film as I can. I can I can sit, tell so much from film because of my experience. And really, when I see it on film, you can't argue with me. Like, you can disagree with me, but you're not going to argue with me about what I saw. Then I'm going to find statistics that maybe back up what I've seen on the, on the film. I'm going to find out what are some common articles or themes that are going on like maybe it's a playoff chase or maybe this is a team overcoming injury um, but then I always always try and find a couple of stories about someone uh, one story a player I had one broadcast I knew he had become a father and he had a fumble in, in his first game back as a parent missed the two days of install Wednesdays and Thursdays and I said on the broadcast like look I'm not saying that fumbling is okay I am saying that as fathers all of us understand fumbling our first time back to work after having a kid Right. Like that, that's something we all understand. You fumbled something when you came back from being a dad and they only give you a day in the NFL. They don't give you two weeks. Right. Like give you a day. And one of and coaches sometimes ask for proof. So um, so my broadcast heavy film work starts early and that way you can relax when you get on site. The hay is always in the barn before I get on the plane. <laughs> Love it. One last question before we finish off with the father quick five. And again, I appreciate you being generous with your time. Um, out of the different careers that you've had or currently have is one, the toughest. I mean, it just seems like the way you look at life and the way you prepare for different things and different careers seems like, yeah, there's going to be success, but there also is going to be some failure, but like out of the ones that you've done or currently doing, which one was maybe the toughest one for you to like, feel like you are successful at. Be a veteran in the NFL. I mean, there's you can look at any roster and you'll see rookie two, years two, maybe a couple of year three guys, and then you'll see seven, eight, nine, twelve. There's not a lot in between of three and six. It's just there aren't a lot of guys that make it. And for me to make it, I had to accept some truths that I was not working hard enough, that I needed to learn more, that there was more to give. And that is a painful realization, right? That's truly truly painful one of the teams i had to learn that on i was at the kansas city chiefs my wife and, and son newborn son stayed home he was born four months earlier i had to five months earlier i had to leave for six weeks i was terrified he wouldn't remember me and that's what i had to do to be successful um so and not only do you have to get lucky with injuries but you have to seriously admit your faults and fix them and find a way to fail for a moment not a day and that's the biggest, that was the toughest job I had to do. I had to do soul searching. I had to learn how to breathe from an MMA coach, breathe in for five, swallow your breath out for eight. Like there's just so much I had to do to be great at playing football and to reach my greatness. It made everything else easy. <laughs> nice. Thank you very much for sharing that, Ryan. I appreciate it. Now we're going to finish off with the father quick five. Favorite family movie. Do you guys have one? 
Uh, absolutely. Tommy boy. It's a family favorite. We watch it every Thanksgiving and I took that from my parents and just hilarious movie. And with kids, you forget how the overacting really helps them watch it. You know, some scenes you got to fast forward, but you know, pretty funny either way. It's the way, cause sometimes you get to make stuff, but time was like, I don't feel anything here or here, yeah. right here. That's it. Right. Like yeah. And there's also these, I mean, like you, you remember the opening scene, he runs into a fence and he just finds his way through it. You know I mean? That's, I want my kids to see that. So we watch Tommy boy every Thanksgiving. Favorite family song, or is there a band you couldn't wait to introduce your kids to? I couldn't wait to introduce my kids to Carlos Santana. I love him. I love his music. I've seen him live by myself with my parents. Um, so see, showing them and then also just to play music. You know, there's a lot of science behind the fact that we as human beings love to dance and move. So we play music and I'll dance with them. I'll show them a new song I like and and we'll play it. But Carlos Santana, man, my, my kids had to hear that universal tone. Nice. Love it. Uh, describe the perfect family vacation. Where would it be? The beach where it's hot, preferably a hotel so we don't have to do the laundry for towels. Uh but you do save money going Airbnb and sucking it up and doing some laundry and making a few breakfasts. Nice. Uh, again, uh, on your Instagram bio, I love the fact that, you know, you got dad, husband, you know, all that good stuff, but you also have surfers. So favorite place you've surfed and is there a place on your bucket list that you haven't surfed, but you just, you can't wait to go and experience surfing there. Yeah, my favorite place, uh, two of them, I love Mission Beach, San Diego, but I really love a place called a uh, small little town called Granada in San Francisco in Half Moon Bay. Always epic waves, so fun, so easy to paddle up. And then uh, for my 40th birthday, I'm going to go surfing in Africa. I got this book behind me, uh, Afro Surf, and surfing really originated in Africa. And they have all these writings of explorers who talk about how fishermen would throw down their nets and jump on these planks of wood and ride the waves. So uh, I'm going to go to Senegal and surf, God willing, on my 40th birthday. That's awesome, man. That's so cool. And lastly, top three words you hope your kids would use to describe you as a dad. What would you like them to be? Present, encouraging, and uh, fun. I just say fun. fun. Nice. Great three Present, words encouraging, and fun. If I do Great those three words. things, my kids are going to have a successful time in life. No doubt, man. And just talking to you about fatherhood, I think they're they're on that road to having a successful life. So thank you very much. People, make sure you follow Ryan on Instagram at Ryan Harris underscore 68. And in addition, to learn more about Ryan, go to his website over at RyanHarris68.com. Of course, we'll put up the links here at artoffatherhood.net. But again, thank you so much for the, the time. I, like I said, I wish you and your family continued success. And again, really cool insight. And I hope a lot of my listeners, parents, moms, dads, all the good stuff, just take a like a lot of things from what you said, because I think whether it's through your football career or parenting, there's a lot of things that we can instill in our kids that you have taught yourself, but also taught your family. So again, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Art. And thanks for highlighting what we can do as fathers. I'm really glad you're doing this. And I hope people get a lot of options and pathways to be successful in their own lives. Thanks, Art. Thank you. I want to thank Tony's for sponsoring this week's Art of Fatherhood podcast. Really appreciate their support. And parents and grandparents, if you're looking for a great holiday gift, I definitely suggest you check out Tony's. Not only is it a great 
an entertaining toy for your kid. It's highly educational as well, and you'll see improved results on reading comprehension, vocabulary level, and so much more. Go to us.tonys.com. And while you're on the internet, make sure you check out artoffatherhood.net. Not only can you get the weekly Art of Fatherhood podcast, but you can check out a lot of great articles around fatherhood, pop culture, giveaways, reviews, all that good stuff. And please rate, subscribe, and review the Art of Fatherhood podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. I greatly appreciate it. It helps get the word out of the podcast. Again, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. Always appreciate your support. Thanks for listening to the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts and go to artoffatherhood.net.